Welcome. Tonight's year is sponsored by our dear friend Adam in honor of his birthday, Adam Tress, and his cat. It's not uh, minimized. You didn't get a knife hurt. Hello. This week's Pasha's Emmer. We have an off Shabbos this week, an off week. We don't have a double Pasha. We've been getting used to it lately. Tazir Mitzayda, Achri Kedeshim. And we got to go back to it with Bahar Buch Kresai Mitzim. Parshas Emer Lagba Emer We're not counting It's not considered counting the Emer We're mentioning it as a Yomtiv As a holiday The day of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai as in custom, as been customary till now, we also during the week of the weeks of Svirus Aimer, we also learn a something from the Sechdes Seita, and we also mention something from Pirkeiavis, which is the course of the weeks that we've been going between Pesach and Shavuos. Pirkeiavis, although in Chabad the minigis that we go throughout the summer. Until Rosh Hashanah. Barak HaTad. You know you're in the Lachem Vedim in Venus. Nice of the people to bring cups. In honor of the holy day of the holy Tana. Yes, Hashem will say Lachem tonight as well. Thank you. Pasha's Emmer is basically opens talking a tzivui to the Kahanim, to the priests of the Beis Hamikdash, the way they have to serve in the Beis Hamikdash. But ultimately, well, am I on camera here? What happened here? What's going on with this computer? I got me. Why can anyone say anything? There we are. Ultimately, Pashas Emer has 24 positive mitzvahs and 39 prohibitions. Mathematicians, please do your math. 63 mitzvahs. 63 mitzvahs in the Pasha, including the Yom Tevim. Including a yomtiv that we celebrated this week, already Pesach Sheni, including Sheva Shabbosay Tamimay Tispiru. 
Seven full weeks, one should count. I met a fellow yesterday from Connecticut. I've been in contact with for a while already. Lost his mother recently. Doesn't always make it to a minion, so he asked me to help him with Kaddish. Pretty much said Kaddish for his mother for the course of the year. I was doing my rounds in Manhattan yesterday. We made up to meet. He works in Manhattan. Maybe we'll introduce him to uh, Iran also. Who's he deals in real estate. What's his name? Tell you later. Mm-hmm. We'll be on air. Um, we got to know each other, right? We got to know each other. We came with a, he came, told me a very interesting story of his childhood. It gets more interesting only. As any other story, if you can visualize it. You visualize the story, you see how funny it really can get. I was able to visualize it. Because of the mentality of the Yiddish Mama. He told me when he was a little boy. As a lot of us did when we were little boys, his mother took him shopping to Orchard Street. Orchard Street, Manhattan, at the time, was all the Matsyas were. If you wanted to get a Matsya, you went to Orchard Street. And it's too far, like it's interesting to note, only recently I told, I was talking with one of my children, I don't remember who, Telling him when we were kids, Orchard Street was the place to get a suit. We would run to Orchard Street and paid like $25 for a polyester suit made in China. (laughs) They were made in China, I think. One of these third world countries and you bought everything all the Matthias coats, shoes underwear, socks coats everything was in Orchard Street his mother took him to buy a coat it was time to buy a winter coat his mother took him to buy a winter coat and they got to the store and before they went in, the cop from Ayyidah Shemama, be prepared. His mother says to him, <laughs> I just crack up thinking about it. When you see a coat that you really, really like, 
and it fits you nicely, you have to jump up and down and scream and yell, you don't want it. And you're not going to wear this under no uncertain circumstances will you ever wear such a coat. Needless to say, he got this coat, beautiful with fur inside, and a hood and everything else, and he was, he was ecstatic. And he remembered mommy's instructions, he started jumping up and down and screaming and yelling, I'll never wear this coat, you can't do this to me, how can you believe you wear such a coat? And he was crying and screaming and yelling, having a tantrum. And the, man, the woman turned to the uh, storekeeper and said, listen, it fits him. He's not happy with it. He doesn't really like it. What kind of price can you give me? <laughs> and this was <laughs> the ploy. This is how it worked. And he says his mother used to get the bottom rock bottom prices. <laughs> she would set up the con boy. He was a con, he was doing cons, conning the poor guy at, at the age of six years old. I, I have to. I have to read an email that I got today because it's just ironic that I got it today. Obviously, if you get something, you have to read it. You have to know that it has to do something. We have to learn a lesson from it. And uh, I'm sure someone will come up with a a lesson from this. The email reads as follows. He says, I would like to share an experience with you about drinking and driving. As you well know, some of us have been known to have had brushes with the authorities on our way home from the odd social accession over the years. We know what that means. I don't know what it means because I never drove under the influence. A couple of nights ago, I was out with a few, for a few drinks with some friends at the Marriott Hotel, he says, and had a few too many beers and some rather nice red wine. Knowing full well I may have been slightly over the limit. I did something I've never done before. I took a bus home. Sure enough, there was a police roadblock. There was a bus, they waved it through. I arrived home safely without incident, which was a real surprise, because I never drove a bus before, and I'm not sure where I got it from. We sometimes look back in retrospect and we don't appreciate what we have. Pasuk tells us a very interesting thing in Pasha's Emmer. And I'll put this little story into this. And the Kayan, as he will purchase the Nefesh King in Kaspe, it becomes a Kenyan of his money, a, a, inquiry, inquiry, a inquiry of his money. He inquires it, acquires it, excuse me, acquires it. And now he can eat from it. Now it's his. He can have it. The Gemara tells us in Masech des Brachis, for those who want to check, it's on Lamed Hei Yomar Aleph, 35 side A. Yimara tells us, Anyone that had any kind of pleasure, derived any kind of pleasure from anything in this world, without making a bracha first, you ate something without a bracha, or drank something without a bracha, 
as if you were moil be as if you desecrated the most sanctified items in God's hands. As it says, La Hashem Now the Rebbe instituted when we buy a sefer, we buy any kind of book, we should inscribe our name when we inscribe our name in it, we should put La Hashem Um, to which means to say that the heaven and earth, everything is from God. And then we write also Misifri, but this book is from my library, and you write your name. But the main concept is Hashem Aratz but one should know always that everything is God. It's your story, yeah. Definitely. The birds fly backwards. Question is, we make a bracha. We took our piece of cake, we took our piece of juice, a cup of juice, we took our chocolate, whatever we took in our hand, we made a bracha and we ate it. Manishtana. What did this actual bracha do in essence to this item that it's no longer, I'm no longer desecrating God's things, God's items. By making a bracha, did I now take off the sanctity from this item so that I can now eat it? So that my physical mundane being can become one with this food item? No. So therefore, what is it in essence that this bracha that I made, I made a bracha on this item, and by thereby now, I can now eat it, I can now come on with this. So the Rebbe explains as follows. This is what the Pasuk that we just said is. That when the Kayin, the priest in the Holy Temple, the Beis HaMikdash, since this became Kinyan Kaspoi, something that he acquired as his money, therefore who he can eat from it. Why? He can now eat from this truma, this kachim, from all these parts, these things that were sanctified and dedicated only to him. So when we make a bracha, and we say, Barach Hashem, Eloikeinu Melech our God, the King of the world, the person now recognizes that he's a servant of God, becomes subservient to God. If he's now a servant, he's subservient to God, and therefore he's entitled to eat and have pleasure, derive pleasure from the things that belong to heaven. Just like the Kayin has permission to eat from the Tiruma or eat from anything else that was Kachim, that was sanctity, from the sanctities. In essence, the Bracha does something else as well. In essence, the Bracha elevates. By making a Bracha on what we are taking in our hand, we elevate this item. We have told the story numerous times, but it's a story of the Bashem Tov, and a story of the Bashem Tov never gets stale. Not only never gets stale, but there's always something that's worthy of repeating and should be repeated constantly. The story of the Bashem Tov 
came to a house and they were serving a meal. And they were serving the meal and they brought a chicken, a piece of chicken, and the chicken was questionable. They did not know if the chicken was kosher or not. So they poised the question to the Bashemta. The Bashemta said, Do you have any sons? So they called in the oldest son and they asked the oldest son, and the oldest son, I don't know, I don't know. He says, I don't know, I don't know anything about this. And they called the second son and he too answered the same. And the third son, the same reply. And at this point, they were at a loss. The Bashemta said, Do you have any other sons? And they said, Yes, but we have this one more son who's a mute. He's mute from birth, he never spoke. So bring him. Bring him, said the Bashemta. And they brought the mute son. And as the mute son comes in, the Bashemta says to him, Tell me, my son. Is this chicken kosher or not? And the child took the chicken in his hand. He looked, he turned, and he said, It's kosher. Hashem thanked him, sent him back to his room. Child returned to his room, lied down in his bed, and passed away. People were up in arms. What have you done? Kill the child. The Bashem Tov explained this child had a very holy neshama, a very holy soul. This soul belonged to a very special rabbi, a rov, who did everything according to Torah throughout his life. He led a perfect Torah life. One day a woman came to him with a chicken <laughs> I have a big problem with tangents you'll have to excuse me lady comes to the rabbi with a chicken on a Friday and she says rabbi the chicken is kosher and he checks he checks the bones everything is fine he says yeah she says thank you she comes back the next Friday another chicken rabbi the chicken is kosher he checks he checks yeah the chicken is kosher the third Friday she says he checks he says listen lady what's going on every week you come with a chicken with a kosher rabbi they told me the chickens in A&P are not kosher. <laughs> the chicken as a whole was looked like a kosher chicken, but to come from A&P didn't help. Uh, A&P, for those out-of-towners, it's not a kosher supermarket. Um, what is burning in the kitchen? It's not. It's a shivarium next door. Are they barbecuing? Okay. There's barbecue. There's Bonfires all over Kranites. Baruch Hashem. Yes. The lady brought a chicken. This righteous Rav checked the chicken and was very concerned. He was not sure. But rather, perhaps make a person eat not kosher. 
he deemed the chicken not kosher. You have to understand, in days of yore, telling somebody the chicken was not kosher was a punishment. The punishment is they went, they bought the chicken. This was their Shabbos meal. And they brought it to the Sheikh, the Sheikh had shechted it. There was no return policy on this. It didn't have any warranties, it didn't have any return policy, it didn't have mileage, it had nothing. If you said the chicken wasn't kosher, it went to the garbage and you had no chicken. You had to go find again money for another chicken. Kitzer, he had no choice, he was scared, he said, no, the chicken's not kosher. When this Rav came after 120 years, his Neshama came before Bezin Shamaila, before the Holy Tribunal in Heaven, there was a basco, a heavenly voice. Does anyone have a complaint against this Holy Neshama? And it was quiet. So they were about to let down the gamble and say it's kosher, that he's going straight to Ganeiden, when suddenly, screeching coming across the skies in heaven, a chicken is running. Chicken is running and says, excuse me, I have a problem. What's your problem, Mr. Chicken? Mr. Chicken said I was a kosher chicken. And the dove said I'm not kosher and they had me thrown in the garbage. And the Rav said, no. And the Bezim Shemayla said to the Rav, no. What do you say? He said, what should I say? I was worried and concerned that she might eat if it was non-kosher. I could not determine whether it was kosher or not. I said, rather, I'd say it's not kosher, and she should not, God forbid, fall into eating something that wasn't kosher. And therefore, I said, it could be I was wrong. And you, Mr. Chicken, what's your complaint? My complaint is simple. I was kosher, a blessing, a bracha should have been made over me before I was eaten, thereby elevating whatever physical essence I have in this world, because that's what a bracha does to the food that is ingested. When a person makes a bracha, they take the food and they elevate the food to the the point that it has to go, just like the human being, every mitzvah the person does, he elevates his neshama. So the same elevation, every physical creature and creation of this world needs to have an elevation. In what way do we elevate ourselves? By doing a mitzvah, by learning teda. And so too with everything, every physical being that there is in the world, we have an opportunity, an opportunity to elevate it. Food, a food, um, a food item, if we make a bracha on it, the proper bracha, we elevate it to where it belongs. If we make an improper bracha, it doesn't go where it's supposed to go. It gets elevated, but not the way it's supposed to. Masha'enken, if we make a proper bracha, the way it's supposed to be, then the, then the food item gets where it has to get, and it, it now serves the purpose for which it was created. But if you didn't make a bracha, you deprived that creation of fulfilling its mission on this world. Thereby, 
Bezdin Shemayla took this very serious and sent back the rabbi to the world to make good what he did to this chicken. So a rabbi who his entire life he did and served God properly had to return now to the world, to the decadent world in which we live in, to rectify this chicken. So the rabbi said, but wait a minute, Rebbeinah it's not fair. I worked so hard for all the years I was in the world. Sending me back now, who knows what I'm going to end up in as a wood kind of body and etc. Who knows if I'll be able to even rectify this. And who knows if, God forbid, I won't do a different sin now, because I'm being resent to the world and being given another trial and tribulation. There's some flowers if you want in the cabinet. And Bezin Shamayla said, You are right. We're going to send you to the world with only one mission to say only one thing. And that is to say the word kosher. You will not say anything else in the world. Therefore, this neshama was sent to this boy. And the boy was a mute. Did not speak. Until I found the boy, the neshama. Until I found the chicken and put them together. And now at this point in time, the boy was able to rectify this. I just got a message from Miron, in the holy city, of the gravesite of Rabbi Shimon Bayechai. Oh, am I going to regret this at work tomorrow? But boy, was it worth it. It's a three and a half hour journey back to Yerushalayim. And um, my daughter has to work tomorrow morning. So she's leaving back now. They're leaving back from Miron. It's now about 4 o'clock in the morning, 4.30 in the morning. They're taking the bus back, three and a half hours, so she can get to work. She says it'll be hard for her to work tomorrow, but it was very, very worth it. Being by the holy gravesite of the holy Tana, with the tens of thousands, or even hundreds of thousands of Jews, celebrating and singing and dancing around the wonderful bonfires. No. <laughs> Therefore, says the Torah, we make a bracha on this morsel of food. It's not shot that I now decreased, diminished the sanctity of it, and therefore I can now eat it. It remains equal sanctity. But the fact that I did, I completed its mission, I gave it its rightful existence on this world by making the bracha, elevating it, and elevating all the Mitzias, all the essence of this piece of this item, and admitting and confessing to Melech Ha'ilam, the Almighty being our God and the ruler of the world,
Another one from uh, Miron. We're on the bus going back to Yerushalayim. It's so hard to leave. But someone, one of our group has work tomorrow. The Kedusha, I have no words. That was the, tra- that was the description of another person getting on a bus, boarding a bus, going back now from Miron to Yerushalayim. The Kedusha that they experienced there is indescribable. I can almost say I'm jealous. As claustrophobic as I am, and I definitely don't have a good phobia for big crowds. And this, therefore, is what we learn from the Kayan as the Kayan gets to make a bracha, gets to take this truma, and the Kachiman is able to eat this. The beginning of Pasha's Emmer starts off by Yedaber Hashem El Meisha. Excuse me. Not which is a more harsh form. What are you looking for? Look up. Right there. No, to your right. Right up, straight up. Very good. Tell to the Kehanim, speak to the Kehanim. The children of Aram, and say to them. Emer and Amarto, a double ocean, says Rashi immediately. <coughs> Rashi, who as we said many, many times, is the savior of the Ben Chamesh the Mikra. Rashi is the one that takes pity on that five year old learning Chumash. And sees what problem the Ben Chamesh the Mikra has when he reads this Pasuk and immediately gives him in the shortest form possible the explanation to the Pasuk. So aside for Rashi being the champion of the underdog of the five-year-old and explaining to him every single Pasuk Rashi had a tremendous talent. But obviously it was much more than a talent. He was able to minimize his wording. He used the least possible words and came across with the most profound explanation. Gemara and Pesachim Sorry. Baal Basra, there's a, on the second omen, the second page of Cheskes Habatim, it says, Kan Nistalak Rashi, from here on Rashi passes away, and here onward the Rashbam, the older Pirish is the Rashbam. So on the side where usually Rashi's explanation is, they have the Rashbams. And you see how the Rashbam Although he also explained very well, but his explanation is double or triple the size of Rashi's. What Rashi was able to say in five words took him to 15. It was a gift, but a spiritual gift. Rashi wrote his Purish three times in his lifetime. 
and Rashi did not die, and he wrote on Chumash, on the Chumash Chumshatera, on Shas. Rashi was not considered by any stretch of the imagination an old man when he passed away. And I'll leave everybody to do your own research and find out how old Rashi was. And the person that comes back with the answer, you can check Google also for my part, will get a jelly ring. Um, <laughs> yes. Listen. Um, the, uh, the economy is not good. You can't offer much more than that. Ah, <laughs> um, a dollar. All right, maybe. Maybe the day you hope I'll let you hold on to a dollar from the Rebbe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Emma Marto tells us Rashi. To warn the elders for the youngsters. To give across the message to the elders, their mission in life. Their obligation. Ah, what's going on in my eye? To the younger generation. Now, there's a very interesting lotion here. Rashi uses the word lahaz here <coughs> to warn. It's not lelamed. It's not lehoirais to let us know to notify. Lahaz here is to warn. Warning is a severe lotion, actually. But the word lahaz here is also from the word zoyhar, ve'er, to enlighten. And through this, Rashi is hinting the format that we must use in order to educate. Education cannot be only, says the Rebbe. When the elders teach the youngers, it has to be in a way of adoration, of bringing under the wing, and enlightening, a light light on the face. This is also hinted when it says, Emer al-Akerim ve'amarta Emer Rak at af at emer loy. Emer Lashnagada also uses emer. The Valagada was somebody that was very into education. And since Lel Seder is only about education to children, therefore his entire Haggadah is written in a, war, in a way, in a format that shows us the ultimate way of education. So Emer Alakain in Vamarta Leim, Emer is always a Lushan Raka, is a soft way of speaking. I don't find a Bukat Kali Rabbi. Dibur is Sinasi. Oh. So I can stop searching. Yes, which is in Bamidbar. Dibur, Daber, Vayedaber is a Lushan Kosher. Is a harder format. 
Another thing says that I have to add here. Another hint here that teaches us that the learning and the influencing on the youngers is also er vehazir azhara to the elders. Lahazir gdeilim alaktanim teaching us the Mishnah says in Pirkeyavis, Mikol milamda yiskalti umital midai yoiser mikulam. I've learned from everybody. But from my students, I've learned the most. And therefore, Lahazir gdeilim alaktanim. This is the major as hazhara. That the warning that the Gedalim are given, but not warning. But the Chazal tell us, When the student comes to the teacher and says, Teach me! If he teaches him, he lightens, says God, I lighten the eyes of both, the teacher and the student. Everybody has their eyes lightened up. I'd like to go into the concept of Sphere Saimer as well. We also need to talk about, we're going to do briefly actually, the Mishnah Pekeyavis and the Gemara Saita before we go on to the Sphere Saimer, before we go on to the night. Of the special yomtiv tonight of Rabbi Shimon Bayechoi. It's a mission in this week's Perik Perik Revi. It says the thirteenth Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, "Have a zayir Talmud. Be very cautious in your studying. Sheshigas Talmud elizodin, because an unwitting error, a a a, a toys, a shaking." A mistake that a person can make can bring about terrible sins. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, Shlei Shech Sarim Heimdu are three crowns. Keser Teira, Keser Kuhuna, Keser Malchus. That's three crowns. The crown of Teira, the crown of Kuhuna, of priesthood, and the crown of kingdom, of Malchus. Then he says, the Keser Shem Teira Al Gabayim. And the fourth Keser of Shem Tev, a good name, is higher than all of them. Rabbi Shimon, what's wrong with you? Who taught you math? Shleishik Sarimim, there are three Ksarim. Teda, Kuhuna, Malchus, and Shem Tev. That's four. Why are you saying three? Say there are four, and amongst them three... Amongst them, one of them is higher than all of them. Why do you say three and the four, and then mention a fourth one? In due time, those who want to join us for Sudash Lishit this year, this Shabbos, will go to explain each one on its own. But the good name. It's something a person lives on a daily life, daily to this. And this is done through doing mitzvahs. And the concept of Eila al Gabehen, the literal translation, a superior. It literally means it ascends upon them. 
when we're spreading godliness, this shame taiv is something that incorporates the other three. And when he develops himself in the other three of Teda, Malchus, and the other three of Teda, Malchus, and Kuhuna, then he can ultimately derive the concept of Keser, of Shem Teda. When we learn Teda, though, it should not be just for a person's knowledge, amassing knowledge. But it has to be in order to motivate and teach others. And who's telling us this? Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Sh- the Holy Tana, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai. In this week's Pirkei Ovis, we have the Mishnah of Perik, Dalit Perik Revi, the fourth Perik, the thirteenth Mishnah teaches us a quote from Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai. And Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai was known as Tairasai Umenasai. His Taira was his entire essence. That was his profession. And he devoted this solely, and we're going to discuss in a moment. Just bring to light, we're going to discuss this as well. But I want to just tell you how nothing in Teda is circumstance. Everything in Teda is divine providence, and everything in Teda has a lesson for us. This Mishnah, quoting Rabbi Shimon by Yechai, as I told you, is the 13th Mishnah. What is the significance of 13? 13 in general is Gematria Echad. Echad, one. One God is one. First of all, thank you, is Yud Gimel Midas Herachimim. More importantly, with Rabbi Shimon, the story of Rabbi Shimon, as we're going to talk about, he was in a cave for 12 years hiding from the Romans. After 12 years, he was taken out, of, he was told that the Romans were destroyed. And he and his son came out of the cave throughout the 12 years. They lived off the carob trees that had sprouted and the river that went through the cave. They buried themselves in the sand up to their necks because they didn't have clothing. And they couldn't learn in that attire. And they came out in the twelfth year. What was that? The twelfth year they came out after twelve years from the cave. And they saw a man working in the field, says the Gemara. They went ballistic. And they started to burn everything they looked at. Whatever they looked at was being destroyed. They couldn't understand how anyone can possibly involve themselves in the mundane work. How does one not devote themselves totally to Torah learning? The Almighty said, "Ah, ah, ah, ah." Wrong number. Back in. And they got sent back into the cave for another year to adjust, to tweak the spirituality level that it should coincide with the world. 
So when they came out in the 13th year, then they were able to now give over and relate to the world. So therefore the number 13 is a great significance to Rabbi Shimon Bayakai, because it was on the 13th year that he was now able to unite again with the world. And therefore it's in the 13th Mishnah that he's quoted saying how one has to have Shem Tov Eul Al Gabayim. Why are you doing that, Yossi? You're not. Someone's calling from you. My brother. Okay, so that's... Yeah, it was, you know, one of those things. Okay, sorry. I can't be me. I'm right here. I can my phone, but I'm not doing it for my phone. Okay, how did how come he's up here and down here? I'm seeing two of the guys. Okay. There we go. Okay, now we have everybody. We had everybody. He fell off, he came on. Okay. This is Gimara. In Mesechta Seita. A mission, actually. On 27, side 2. In the 5th Perik. Shem Shamayim. And the Mishnah tells us, that day, Darash Rabbi Akiva. Who is Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Akiva was the, stu- the teacher of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai. It was Rabbi Akiva's 24,000 students, which we're soon going to discuss. And therefore, it's only apropos to quote a piece of Mishnah from Rabbi Akiva. On that day, Rabbi Akiva dashed, Oz Yashimeshev and Eisel, Sashira Azais Hashem, Vayemru Leimer. And then when the Jews crossed the Holy the Yamsuf, the Jews sang out the Holy Shira, known as Uz Yashir Mesha, then the Jews sang. And they sang Vayemru Lema and they said Lemur. Why does the word Lemur have to be there? What do we learn from it? Melamit says Abiyakiva Shayusal Ainim Shira Akhra Shalmesha. That the Jews answered the Shira after Moshe. I'll call Dover Each word that Moshe said, they repeated like a person repeating Hallel. And there's another Tana that argues. But Rabbi Akiva was saying is that the, unite, the unison in which the Yidin repeated. The Shira, word for word, verbatim with Moshe Rabbeinu. This is his whole lesson in the Torah. The lesson of Rabbi Akiva was unity. The Sheves Achim Gam Yachad. The sitting of the brothers united together. Now to speak a little bit about the Rajbi. It is a famous Gemara in Mesechtis Yevamais. For those who want to look it up, it's Samach Beis, Amit Beis, 62, side 2. The Gemara Yevamais tells us, Sheshnei Masar Aleph Zugim, 12,000 pairs. A pair is two. 12,000 pairs is 24,000. Talmidim Hayu Rabbi Akiva. He had twelve thousand pairs of students had Rabbi Akiva. Mesu, and they all died, they all passed away. Bepedik Echot. One Pedik, one era. 
Bein Pesach Latzeres. Why? Mipnei Shleinogu Kovayd Ze Loze. They did not act in Kovayd one to the other. Uvelag Boimer Pasku Lomus. And on the holy day of Lag Boimer, they stopped to die. Again, we're not considering that we're counting tonight Svira. We are mentioning it as an entity, a Yomtev. What happened here? 24,000 students had Rabbi Akiva. They died in one shot, in one era, between Pesach and Shavuiz. Because they did not honor one another. How ironic. That doesn't make sense to say they all died one day. They died in one era, one set of days, but 24,000. Maybe it happened in a couple of years. Rabbi Akiva himself didn't amass 24,000 students the first time he walked in. When he started his teachings, he started to amass slowly over the years 24,000 students. Now, I will tell you from my own experience. I can repeat to you a piece of a Gemara. I can tell you a story and tell it a second time and a third time and there will be variations. No lies. No deviation from the actual story. But you will find differences in the way it's said. And also, for my children, and anyone that has children, or siblings for that matter, and you can tell me, you brought up your children, or your siblings can say that you your sibling, you and your siblings are exactly the same, and education-wise, were brought up exactly the same. I will tell you that you have robots. People naturally have their own personalities. By nature, a person has a personality of his own. You have the shy, you have the bold, you have the brazen. Therefore, when Rabbi Akiva was educating 24,000 students over the course of years, it was inevitable that they should not all be on the same page. Although they were all deriving their studies from the same source, although all of us get study of Torah from the same source, there's only one Torah, Torah Echad Lekulanu, there's only one Torah, but still in all, the students of Rabbi Akiva were not Nagu Kovid Zebazen. Mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. 
We go into any company. Seniority plays a game, plays a role. Sometimes the senior citizen plays a role too. You get the pension for the senior citizen. But the CEO, the 35, the 40 year old fellow that climbed the corporate ladder, that started out as a Danish boy, and now is the top is the top sales sales manager. You know that they, they, it's a wonderful thing, corporation. <laughs> they managed to find <laughs> they managed to find names for every level. Assistant manager, titles, titles, assistant manager, assistant director, assistant director of the programs of the. You're not allowed to tell today the people that put together, when you put out that black bag outside, known as garbage, and the man that comes to collect it with his truck, which is called a garbage truck, you can't call him a garbage man. You call him a garbage man, they will get very insulted. I said, but you're the garbage man. I said, I'm not a garbage man. But, but, but look what you're doing. She says, no. I'm a sanitation major. Sanitation engineer came across the screen just now. Very good. I'm a sanitation engineer or a sanitation major. Don't call me a garbage man. Huh? Well, like the one said the other day, I told it doesn't go too far. And the guy said the other day, I don't take no dung from nobody. He was up to his neck in the dung, but he doesn't take no dung from anybody. So Rabbi Shimon by Rabbi Akiva, twenty-four thousand students lay nago covered zebazer. What's the shock? And therefore, we have to understand what it means. When we say the pedik echad mesu. Let us first understand what it means when we say Lenagu Kovid Zebazer. Rabbi Akiva was their teacher. He was one of the greatest of the Tanoim, or the greatest. His motto, his mojo, whatever you want to call it, was Ve'ahavta Lereacha Kamecha. Rabbi Akiva, is a klal godl bateda. This is a klal godl in the teda. Ve'ahavta l'reyacha kamecha. Love your fellow Jew as you love yourself. <laughs> is it not ironic, therefore, that his students did not have COVID one for another, and thereby all of them died because there was no COVID between them? What an irony! Seasons. But they tell us that Chabad Chassidim learn Chassidus. Chassidus teaches us Bittl. Bittl is humility. Chassidus teaches us 
You're a neshama, you have a neshama in you, but your body is a nothing. And thereby you being a nothing. And therefore, don't boast. And it asks, Chassidus tells us that a person has to look within their soul, soul search, and thereby nullifying any kind of egotistical inclinations. But they say that in Chabad you have the biggest egos. In Breslov they say, in Breslov they say that uh, the Breslov of Hasidus demands happiness. And they're the most morbid people you're going to find. And you have those Breslov that are dancing in the streets and singing Rabbi Rabbi Nachman. But generally, not talking Lashon Hara, just bringing their concept and thought about here Rabbi Akiva is Talmidim, their whole thought, the whole train of thought, their whole teaching of their teacher was, and there was, the explanation the Rebbe says, Chazal tell us, no two minds are the same, ain't they saying Shavas, ain't they saying Shavas, and so too the 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva. They were studying the words of Rabbi Akiva and each one had a different interpretation to the words of the Rebbe. Not pshat that they didn't like each other. Each one said, this is not what the Rebbe meant when he said this. When the Rebbe said this, he means in such a way. And each one had his own interpretation. It couldn't come to a point where they go back to Rabbi Akiva and say, repeat it, because Rabbi Akiva said, I just told you what I'm saying. So when they heard that someone was translating the words of the Rebbe, interpreting it something that was not apropos to the way they want to hear it, this had them step back. This caused this rift, or the quote-unquote friction between them. Because the fact of the matter is, they were all Tanoim and Anshe Emes. And so much so, that each one of the students, we have a very big problem, most of us have a very big problem, of us, I say, not most of you, most of us, you take out from this cabinet, something to drink. And, take, you can't push them through here? God Almighty. We have a problem, which is called, Eine Teiche Kibari. That, the inside and the outside is not the same. Huh? Is anything open there that's interesting looking? Jambui? There you go. There you go. This is in honor of Adam's birthday from Chavzai and Nissen. It's only a few weeks late. But since he's sponsoring this week and it's a holy day, Therefore, we're actually going to stop and say the Chaim. Chaim, the Chaim of Racha, Arichas, Shom, Vishonim, Langi, Gezunta, Yarn, Naches, Freyd, Healthy Cat. Thank you. And of course, of course, the children should live and do well. Oh, Chaim.
There's a few cats online. You gotta watch out. And I said there's a few. And none of them. And none of them are kahani. Show the robber the cat. No, no, let the cat stay where he is. <laughs> no, he's going to get it. Now he's going to get the cat. That's it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Look how he listens to his brother. It's so impressive. Yeah, okay. <laughs> now yeah. listen to... I hope. Look at that. There's always a war. Yeah, the truth is that the Sikh is very involved. He goes on to explain how the Talmudim of Rabbi Akiva didn't jive. The bottom line here is Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was the low, was one of the five survivors. There were five Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva that did prevail, did not die in this magaif of the twenty-four thousand, and amongst them was Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And therefore, he outshone everyone in his midavavas Yisrael in the way that he respected one another. So much so, the Gemara tells us that after the 13th year when he came out, Rabbi Yeshimon traveled to Taveria. And he had a problem with his son, Elazar. Everything that Elazar saw, he still couldn't control. And he kept destroying everything. And whatever he destroyed, Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon fixed. But the beautiful story is that he goes to Taveria, and there was a major problem in Taveria. In Tiberias. The graves were all desecrated. And the Kahanim could not go through there because they did not know where they'd be walking on graves. So it inconvenienced Kahanim. So Rabbi Shimon Bayechai used his Ruach HaKedish to locate all the graves and plan out a path so the Kahanim would know where to walk. A person who his entire livelihood, his entire existence was study of Teda, stopped his Teda learning to help a fellow Jew, to help Kahanim, to not help them, something that they were not able to do otherwise. They could have walked around. Because it bothered him that a Jew was inconvenienced in the slightest form or fashion. And therefore he took time of his own learning to see to it to help a fellow Jew. This is one of the etzimetzias of Rabbi Shimon. And based on that, Rabbi Shimon says, the Gemara says, Oh, the cat is online here. Okay. The other cat. The other cat. All said this year. Now there's a second I tell you, this Skype here is a wonderful thing. Cats galore. Yeah. And none of them are Kahani. Right, silly. It's okay, there's a cat. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, cool. I could make every single person potter from Din. Nobody would ever be guilty from anything, says Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon. And there are Shirim that I explained this many times on. And also... It was worthy for Reb Shimon to rely on him when the times are pressing, pressing. And now that the Golas, this is the last exile. And it is so oppressive on us. And the reason for this exile is because of the sinas chinam. The hatred that people have for one another with no basis. Or even if for the basis it doesn't matter. A person should have to find 
place in their heart to forgive. And therefore it says, Kedai lismaich al It is Kedai to rely on him that he should be patak alaylam kulim and adin and it should bring about the geula of the entire Jewish nation and the shkinta begalusa and also the holy shkina which is in the galus with us and we should merit the geula amitiz hashlema yedei Mashiach tzitkenu uvimheira biyameinu mamash l'chaim l'chaim l'vracha I think we did overtime Good night. I hope we don't get punished Shabbat Shalom to all.